I think that you can set up the perception of boundaries in, a, in art and then move beyond them and, and kind of push the audience's expectations of what's acceptable. Yes. But the boundary is still there. It, the important thing is to acknowledge that the boundary has to be set and you have to be aware of it before you know what it is to walk over that line. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome to another podcast with Way of the Artist. <laughs> yes, a very unusual Way of the Artist podcast, not for any reason that you would know on the other end of this, but because we've already done this podcast. We've already done it. And we lost the entire conversation. It was an hour-long plus conversation that we had, and it was great, and then we lost it, the, the computer Technology error is gone. <laughs> so here we are to, to do it once more. But, you know, we're going to try and really knock this one out. <laughs> yeah. And we're also going to try to this is going to be one of our shortest episodes because we are on a time crunch. Uh, Evan and I found a window to actually do a recording of this one again. Um, but we're going to do the same idea yeah. half the time. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we'll discover some more stuff. So if you uh, read the title. Creative side of boundaries. Creative side of boundaries. And boundaries has been, uh, I, at least in my circles, has been a big topic with a lot of, you know, the people I know uh, and a lot of people out there are talking about it because of people like uh, Brene Brown. She talks a lot about this stuff. So I'm going to be rehashing some of her stuff because it's great. <laughs> and if you haven't checked your stuff out, definitely do. Um, yeah. So boundaries, it, the the benefits of boundaries, some of our misconceptions around boundaries, where we might have some hangups and, uh, you know, why it's important for us as, as people in our lives and, and as artists and how artists use boundaries to be more effective creatively. Yeah, so, totally. Lots and, to cover. And, you know, when we were talking about doing this episode, which was months ago, um, you know, we I, I threw the word out to a few people and they were like, that is awesome. Like that's definitely an episode I listened to. So it was very well received by people. Something that a lot of people seem to want to build in their lives. And, you know, and I think a lot of us grow up and we don't necessarily know how to build boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's something that it's kind of one of those things It kind of gets through the cracks. It's uh, something that you, when you learn how to do it, you think, man, like, I wish I knew this my whole life. And like, there's no real, like, class or course or anything on this. Maybe people are doing that privately, but it's not mm. very mainstream. So a lot of people just don't know good boundaries. And you're learning your boundaries all the time from your parents or from other people your age. Usually it's parents, yeah, yeah. or parental type figures. And yeah, they're the ones and, and we learn, you know, our boundaries from where they have clear ones for themselves and where they don't yeah. as well. So, you know, it's something that's really important for us to take a look at. And I think in this conversation, what we were, when we had our original conversation, you know, for me, one of the biggest indicators of where you need to evaluate your boundaries is, is by watching your, how you feel. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an emotional charge 
to when our boundaries are being crossed, you know, when, you know, someone is making a demand of us or someone is asking something of us or is imposing themselves in our space, whether that be literal or in a more sort of abstract sense. But when those are being crept upon and we, we maybe, it can be a feeling for myself, sometimes it's a feeling of, of anxiety or uncertainty, or um, sometimes it can be aggression or hostility, resentment. You know, that was another big word that came up in our original conversation. We'll talk about that here too. But when these emotions come up for us, that is very often a very clear indication of, hey, there's a boundary that's been crossed. Mm -hmm. You know, there is something that has happened here that you are not good with. And very often we will just kind of pretend to be, and this is a pattern that I've been guilty of, not as much anymore, but definitely I still catch myself doing it, is just because, again, from my parents, I learned, keep things on an even keel, don't, you know, don't get into conflict and whatever, and it just, you become resentful, and things never get dealt with, and you end up feeling like you're getting walked on, and there's all of these mind games and stories we can start to tell ourselves because we don't have a clear boundary around something. And it's actually way better to communicate clear boundaries when that when those things occur and to say, hey, look, and, and again, this is not about, it's not really about being uh, hostile about it. It doesn't mean you have to be angry with somebody when you communicate a boundary. And, and in fact, I think that it's better when we communi- communicate our boundaries from a compassionate place. Because very often when people cross our boundaries or when we do it to other people, most of the time, I I like to think most of us are decent human beings. We don't mean to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're blind to a lot of our patterns and behaviors and, and everything that we've gone through in our lives that we miss all these little things. And so it's actually a really tremendous gift to someone else and to yourself when you can clearly understand and articulate those boundaries in a kind and compassionate way. And then everybody knows where it's at. Yes. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I think also boundaries are kind of like, if you want to give it an analogy, I, I might say boundaries are a little bit like a sandbox. You get to play in the sandbox and anything outside of the sandbox, you know, is not really the area of play, right? Or like you get to play within the backyard or you get to play within this area. And you kind of create boundaries for two reasons. One is to keep things contained and another thing is to keep things out. And with a boundary, it what it does is it creates a safe area to play. And I think that's one of the most important parts for the artist is the artist needs to know their bounds. They need to know how far can I go what is too far. And I think part of artistry is you're constantly pushing boundaries to figure out what the edge is. And that's part of the artist's job. Mm -hmm. On the, on the other side, there's the interpersonal boundaries or, you know, the boundaries of business and and relationship. And those boundaries um, can be both in, in and keeping out, but a lot of it has to do with keeping out. If you look at a lot of legal contracts with say around, acting and around the arts and stuff like that. It's about what's allowed, what's not allowed. 
Mm-hmm. I was just directing a film in Toronto earlier this year, and we were working with Actra, and we had some uh, nudity that kind of occurred and some sexually suggestive scenes, right? And it's a comedy and everything, but they, you know, they made us jump through all the hoops to make sure that everything was done appropriately. And those are good boundaries because, mm-hmm. you know, after the Me Too movement, and I was talking with them about this, you know, after the Me Too movement, like they took a lot of flack for that. All these unions took a lot of flack. So they had to draw really clear boundaries around what's allowed with, um, you know, sexually related, nudity related things on film. Because obviously this yeah. was being abused. It was being walked over and people were getting away with stuff, you know. Um, just look at old news yeah. articles. You're going to see, you know, some of the stories, right? Ba- the boundaries play into that. It's so interesting, actually. Just like you, we didn't discuss this in our original conversation, but the Me Too movement is very much a movement about boundaries. Totally. About boundaries that have been violated for a very long time and about boundaries now being very clearly set and established. Yes. Um, yeah, like they're... They're so incredibly important, again, for, you know, other people to know, but for us and ourselves as well. Like, I think of it on a creative and artistic level. You know, for myself, in order for me to be at my creative best, whether I'm writing or acting or playing music or whatever, there's boundaries kind of come up in, in, the, in the form of, um, I guess, discipline. You know, like practice and discipline, that's maybe a law to look at for this one. The law of choice was another one that that we discovered that boundaries has a lot to do with. But if I don't have clear boundaries as to when I'm going to maybe get together with friends or engage in social things or having boundaries as, as to, okay, here's what I'm going to do over the course of my day, like when I'm just at home. Right. If I don't have boundaries for myself, I can I'm not as creatively potent, you know, like my my attention is being scattered in all sorts of different places. My energy is being given to so many different places and to so many different people. And having clear boundaries for myself helps me to focus Mm. and helps to give me attention to the things that are really important to me. Right. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's you, you, you make a really good point. I mean, boundaries do create focus. And, you know, part of art is actually about the structure. And I would say that the boundaries are kind of what keeps the structure in place. But, you know, if you look at improv, for example, even improv needs some boundaries yes. in which for it to flourish. You know, what's the topic of discussion? What's the thing we're going to encounter? Take two wild things, put them together, and let's improv on that, right? Mm-hmm. A script for a movie is a boundary. Okay, now we're staying within this story plot line or whatever. Um, I think sometimes people get upset with movies when they don't follow and they don't have clear boundaries as to what the structure is and wh- where is this going? Like, yeah. you know, um, I think that you can set up the perception of boundaries in, a, in art and then move beyond them and, and kind of push the audience's expectations of what's acceptable. Yes. But the boundary is still there. It, the important thing is to acknowledge that the boundary has to be set and you have to be aware of it before you know what it is to walk over that line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that, you know, you brought up an earlier point 
I think most people are reasonable. I think most people don't really want to hurt each other. They're not trying to push each other's boundaries to upset them or whatever. When we do, it's usually because we want something and we're not necessarily considering the effects of what it might take to get it. We cross a boundary not realizing that upset somebody or did something wrong, but then we do it and then we realize that it was too far. And that's kind of how we learn. Some people, you know, um, I think they start to discover, oh, I can get a reaction out of this person or I can I can get this person to give me more than they're willing to give me. And and they like doing that. Mm -hmm. And and that can be a narcissistic thing. You know, that can be where they only care about themselves and they don't really have empathy. I still think that exists. But I think for the most part, most people are not entirely just out for themselves because even if even if you say oh well at the end of the day everybody's selfish even if you were to say that's what's going on people still care enough to build their relationships and build things with each other that they're not really trying to just walk all over each other and hurt each other even if they care about themselves the most it doesn't mean that they don't care about others mm-hmm. and i think boundaries just help you know set a point to say like this is what i need for us to succeed, not for me to succeed, but for us to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're drawing a boundary, if you're doing it from a, this is what I want, then I think you have a bit of a, you know, you're, you're not doing, you're doing it from a narcissistic place. Yeah. If you're doing it from a, this is what helps us. This is what we want. Like, what do you want? What do I want? Let's draw a boundary. Let's find a, a win-win here. That's more collaborative. That's more empathetic. That's more, you know, compassionate. Yeah. But I think when people are narcissistic and they think about boundaries and this is what I want and you and it's me and you and you crossed my boundary and it's me, 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 that's still narcissism. Yeah. And we see narcissism can be abused when people cross a boundary of someone else's or when someone puts up a boundary that's very inconsiderate and careless of other people. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we could go into examples about this, but I think the main point I want to draw here is that when we're talking about boundaries... It's a collaborative thing, not a narcissistic, not a me, me, me thing. It's yeah. an us thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that reminds me of, of a point in our conversation that we, we originally had it, which was... You're living in the past, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But it's, you know, we had some good stuff. You we know? did. And no, it's like, I want to try and cover that up. We've already been saying some new stuff yeah. uh, already today. <laughs> but um, this thing of the place that we create our boundaries from, you know, when... When a boundary is being created from a narcissistic place, I would argue that that's coming from a fear-based place. Right. I'm setting up a boundary because I need to control something and I need, you know, I'm afraid of something happening. And so there's, there's a very different quality to setting up a boundary out of fear. And... You know, maybe there it has a, a purpose at, to some level. Like if you're in some sort of an abusive situation, you know, like it's that can be very telling <laughs> sure. thing for you. But the best place to create boundaries is from a compassionate, empathetic, loving place. Yeah, that's always the best place to create boundaries from because then it's not about attacking anyone or anything or defending or defending against anything. It's really just about saying it's about being clear about what's going to be productive for everybody. Yeah. You know, what's going to be beneficial for everyone. Um, And in 
nurturing and fostering relationships as opposed to tearing them down. Right. You know, that's like the difference. It's like, you know, if you have uh, a friend or, or an acquaintance and you're putting down a boundary just to be like, get the fuck away from me, mm. you know, as opposed to just like setting a boundary that's, hey, look, I want this to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, I want us to have a healthy functioning relationship. And in order for that to continue on, you know, these are some things that I need, mm. you know, or these are some things that are just are just not okay with me. Right. You know, and it, I, and it's probably not an intentional thing, but just here's something for you to know. Right. And, you know, sometimes you do have to draw hard boundaries. Maybe there are people who you have no desire to maintain relationships with. That's that's equally valid, too. (laughs) Some interesting things happened this week. And uh, I'll bring them up because, you know, what you're talking about is, I, I, I think, accurate. Like make boundaries out of out of a place of love, not out of a place of fear. And, and always out of love, even mm. when it's in a place where it's kind of a toxic situation that you're dealing with. Yeah. But sometimes tone is something that people are going to respond to. And, you know, you can't talk to that person rationally and just say, listen, you know, you're misunderstood and blah, 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 and, and try to get into all of this. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And so... That doesn't mean you have to come from a place of fear. You can still come from a place of love, but you might have to, you know, be strong or be direct or be whatever. Yeah. But I think the important thing is to to understand that sometimes <clears throat> people need a hard line drawn so that they know they've crossed it. Yeah. What was happening, I'll give you an example. So we're at work this week, right? So I'm doing this Joe job. I've been doing it for a little while for the audience members that haven't been in touch with what's been going on for me. But I took on a regular Joe job, as I call it, right? And I do that and I still do my business and I still do my art and I still do everything else. But it's been, you know, it's been a really great experience doing it. But it's had also brought me into some interesting experiences I wouldn't normally be in. And <clears throat> I had a really interesting experience this week. There's this guy who's a temp, right? So he temporarily comes onto the job. And he um, walked by me on one of the days. And right as he's walking by me, he sneezed like on me, like almost like as he just passed me, he like sneezed on me. (laughs) And there's another guy right next to me. And he goes, that was weird, right? He's like, he could have waited like two seconds before he sneezed, you know, and like directed it towards you. And I was like, yeah, like, and you know what? I was like, benefit of the doubt. Probably didn't mean it, whatever. The next, after that shift's done, we end up going for breakfast and all of this stuff with the other guys. And they're like, yeah. So this guy goes around and if he doesn't like somebody, what he does is he goes and he sneezes on them, like behind their back. And it's like this thing of like disrespect or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. And we were all like, wow. And it was like, wow. That's he like, was, that's and, like and, pathological. <laughs> that's weird. So listen to this. So the plot thickens. So he's gotten four complaints already. And the, the temp agency, they had to talk to him about it. This is before this even yeah. happened to me. And I was like, man, like I, I thought, you know, but I was like benefit of the doubt, you know, whatever. Of course, if it would have happened again, I probably would have said like, Hey man, like watch yourself. Yeah. Anyway. And in my next shift, literally the next day, he comes up and sneezes behind me again, like on me. And I turned around. I said, hey, did you just sneeze on me? 
And he's like, oh, no, no, I didn't. I'm like, listen, if you're going to sneeze, go sneeze over there. Don't do it near me. And I looked at him and he was like, he's like, oh, okay. And like he walked off, right? And I called him out. And no, yeah. one, no one was calling him out, but he was doing it to other people. Mm-hmm. And apparently he'd been doing it to a bunch of my other coworkers on another week we had done earlier. And he was pissing a lot of people off, but nobody said anything. Mm. And I was like, listen, if this guy sneezes on me again, I'm saying something. Yeah. Anyway, he came up to me at the end of this shift, right? The same night. And he said, you need to be watch your mouth. And he stares and he's like getting super aggressive with me. And I just looked him in the eye and I said, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And he just backed off. And I like literally just looked at him. I go, what are you doing? And I called him out again in front of everybody else. Yeah. And, he, and afterwards, at the end of the shift, like anytime he was near me, I could see him. He was, he was totally different respect, totally different appreciation. Mm-hmm. And and it was very interesting because at the end of the, the very last day he was there, you know, everybody came up and shook my hand and whatever because, you know, I'm moving up in this uh, position. And he came up and he said, you know, he said, good word with you, right? And he yeah. was just very respectful at the end of the day. But the thing is, is that regardless of whatever's going on for him, I had to draw a line. And it was an uncomfortable moment. It was actually yeah. a, a couple very uncomfortable moments. Mm-hmm. But I had to. And it was very difficult. And, like, the, 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 thing, the thing is that we don't draw boundaries. And I wanted to bring this up because his response to be aggressive was scary. Like, there was a moment. Like, this, this is like a big guy, right? Like, yeah. this, this is like I'm doing some blue-collar work here. These are, you know... Uh, you know, this, these are big guys, yeah. tough, manly guys, right? Yeah. And so for him to come up and kind of like, you know, confront me afterwards and kind of try to bully me. But I mean, I've talked many times on this podcast. I've dealt with bullies. I've dealt with aggressors before. I turn it on them. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You tell me what you're doing here. Are you going to try and intimidate me? You want to tell me that? You're right. Because yeah. now, now you have to face you. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do. And mm. a boundary in some ways, this is, my, this is my point in a roundabout way. A boundary is to help someone see themselves. Not so much for them always to see you. Yeah. But like this, this might have changed the trajectory of the way that he interacts with people. Because no one's saying anything. Yeah. And for whatever crazy reason, this guy thinks it's okay to go sneeze on people's backs and walk <laughs> so around. Weird. It's nuts, right? It's just bizarre. Exactly. Like, it's, it's so bizarre. weird you don't even think this stuff would happen. There's people who are listening to this be like, oh, no, I know somebody yeah. who's like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things that I want to, like, touch on with this. Go ahead. Which is, I mean... And you already said it, it's like, which is, that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Like it is like any time we have to get into a situation where we have to like bring up something, like when we have to bring up a boundary, it's usually a very uncomfortable situation. It's not something that we want to have happen. But I mentioned earlier in, this, in the podcast uh, the work of Brene Brown and something that stuck with me from listening to some of her talks was she was she would say she's like pick uncomfortable uh, pick uncomfortability over resentment because that is the process and I was just like that's like that's why it stuck with me because I'm like yeah like I can see how that's operated in my own life there's a situation that crosses my boundary that upsets me but. I don't want to confront it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to confront the person. And because, you know, I just don't want to 
deal with that situation. And, you know, it turns into a story of, well, they should know better and they should know that you don't act like this. And they, you know, this whole, and then you go into this whole should story and you just start seething and seething and getting angrier and getting angrier. And you go home and you're still seething about it. You're thinking about the next time you have to see them. And are they going to do this again? You know, like, like we're talking about hours and hours and like, how long are you going to spend being upset about this? over what you could just take a few moments, like one minute of being uncomfortable to address it. Yeah. You know, and that's something that leaders are willing to do. Yes. They're willing to do it and they just learn to be in that car, that uncomfortable space, but to hold themselves with a certain level of kindness and integrity, because at least then, no matter how it kind of unfolds, you know how you came to the conversation, yeah. right? Which is why it's always better to come at it from the most compassionate place possible. And the other thing I want to touch upon and what you were saying is that, you know, sometimes it is very difficult. There's a difficult person that you need to have, you know, like you don't need to have a loving relationship with this person, but you do need to establish a boundary with them, right? And there, there are people who sometimes come across in their lives and, you know, they teach us that, you know, okay, you know what? You don't need to be friends with everybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you need to have, have some separation from them. And when you can't have a huge deal of love and compassion for that person, Sometimes setting clear boundaries is really showing yourself a kind of love and compassion. Mm. Setting a boundary saying, no, I do not deserve this. I am better than this. Like It's saying that thing to ourselves, that we are worthy of being treated in a certain way. Right. Right. And from that place, we can enter the conversation with that sense of, I'm doing this as an act of love and kindness for myself. Right. You know, like, I think that that's something that we don't often look at because I think boundaries, when we say that word for a lot of people, it makes people think of, it's just like, you have to be nasty and cruel and, and, um, you know, almost inhuman in a certain kind of way, but it's actually one of the most kind and human things that you can do. I agree. You know, I, I, I think there's a fine line, um, that we all have to kind of acknowledge where we do show ourselves love and compassion. But I think that that fine line is one we have to be, we have to tread carefully because narcissism and, and the idea of being, um, self-involved can, um, can sneak in there, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm doing this out of self love. And like, really that's bullshit. It's just, you're not, you're just not acknowledging like the fact that you just like, I think we all have to go on this default. You're always going to try to do everything. That's the easiest, the most self-serving and the thing that's going to be the most comfortable. That's your default. That's the human default. It's an, it's a, if you don't do that, then you're not very smart. Because most intelligent people are going to try to figure out, how do I do it easier? How do I keep myself more comfortable? And how do I get more of what I want? Less effort, less time, less energy. Mm. That's the idea, right? So sometimes when, when it comes down to drawing boundaries or really just doing anything in life, we have to call ourselves out and go like, okay, I'm trying to do this because, yeah, it serves me. But just because it serves you doesn't always mean that it's good. And I think that's where we need to sometimes yeah. pay attention. That being said... 
you know, since our last conversation, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of glad it got erased because there was a couple things I said and I was like, afterwards, I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, actually. And it was kind of around the things about, you know, when do you draw a line where you cut somebody out? When do you draw mm-hmm. a line where you just move someone out of your life? And I think there is a line. Yeah. And I think there is a point. And, um, you know, I, I, over the past bit since we had that conversation, I've been thinking about that and I've been going, okay, well, what are the no-goes in my life? Like, wh- where do I draw the line where I say, like, look, if you keep bringing this to my world, you're not welcome in it anymore. And I was thinking about that and I was like, you know, one of the big ones for me is like drama. Some people love it. They, they mm. love drama in their lives. I, yeah. I don't want any of it. I don't want drama. I don't want things to be made into a bigger deal than they need to be made into. I don't want people bringing their shit that's theirs and then blaming me for the fact that they have a problem. Mm. I don't want any of that. And so for me, I say, look, if you're going to take, if you want to bring that here, go take it elsewhere. Go take your sneeze elsewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll say that to people and that's a line that I'll draw. And it's like, you're not, if you bring that to my world, you're not welcome in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all need to figure out for ourselves what are those things that are no-goes for you? There's a, there's a lot of boundaries that can be drawn around that. You know, um, the, the, there, there are ways in which you can, you can um, curate your world, curate your surroundings, curate the people around you, where you decide who gets to kind of enter your theater and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important boundary to draw. That being said, there's going to be people that you're going to have to leave your theater and interact with. Yeah. And in that place, you don't always get to choose. I didn't get to choose whether this temp got to be working there, whether he got to continue. In fact, um, someone might hire him again and bring him to the job site and I might have to deal with him again. Uh, I think we left on much better terms, but you know, there's people that get brought into this environment that I don't control. So that strategy of I'm going to kick you out of my theater isn't a good boundary strategy Mm. and that's not always going to work. So my point is that sometimes you need to understand that you're not always in your arena. When I'm at work, I have my space and I have my environment in which I'm working, but it's not necessarily my arena. I don't control it all. And I have to accept that. And then within that, I have to draw boundaries within this arena that I'm visiting, so to speak. And I think that's an important part to remember. If you come on to my set as a director... In a lot of ways, I'm the one that's setting the boundaries, even mm-hmm. a lot of the time more than the producers are. Yeah. So if you're an actor coming into my set, you got to draw your boundaries. That's true. But understand that, you know, the producers and the director and like there's other people like really if the producers running the show, the production manager, they're going to be setting the boundaries for you. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to decide, do I want to be in that environment? Or do I remove myself? Or if I'm going to be in that environment, how do I handle myself in that? Yeah. And part of drawing boundaries, last thing I'm going to say, part of drawing boundaries is sometimes leaving the environment. Not kicking someone out, but you exiting. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. When it's been established, you know, because usually, like we were saying before, is like there's with boundaries, there's usually a choice that's involved. I mean, for one, there's the choice that you have to make for yourself of what is okay and what is not. Yeah. And then if... You know, sometimes boundaries are really just for ourselves, but, you know, oftentimes our boundaries involve another party. And usually it also involves giving that other party a choice. Right. It's like, look, this is my boundary. It can go this way or it can go this way. 
right? And you and you just leave it there, you know? And it's just like in whatever your choice is, that's your choice. But, you know, we know exactly where we stand. And it can be something like, again, it can be something that actually opens up a relationship. It can be something that actually connects you with, with someone in a deeper way. Yeah. But it can also be a thing of like, well, if with, that's not going to happen, if it's a tumultuous relationship, it can at least, you can potentially change it into one of respect. Right. You know, it's like, you don't have to like each other, but you can respect each other. And in a weird way, that was kind of what your story, your recent story kind of illustrates. It was like, there was a boundary set and there was like, you weren't friends, you're not going to ring each other up, but there was a kind of respect that happened at the end. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, this is one of those conversations that I feel will come back to mm-hmm. many more times. And I think as a, if you're an audience member who's listening to this, this is a good one for you guys to comment on and ask questions if there's more that you want us to bring out of this. I mean, we already talked for a whole other hour and a bit on this topic. <laughs> and then even today, we didn't even bring, I feel, a fraction of that in, really, because we just talked about a lot of new stuff. And boundaries are, but we kind of came back to the same cornerstones. Yeah. The cornerstones are really, you know, that you have a choice and that there's an emotional feeling that's going to occur and you're going to know when someone's crossed your boundary and then you're going to have to learn how to draw it. Um, You pointed out that, you know, standing up for your boundaries is often uncomfortable in the moment, but it saves a world of pain and a world of discomfort later. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to mention on top of that, that sometimes standing up for your boundaries has a fallout with that person. But here's the thing that I learned and, you know, something I was thinking about this week, make a stand because if you don't ever make a stand in life, you're always going to be floating and you're always going to be adrift and you're always going to be pushed wherever the current or wherever anyone else wants to push you. Yeah. Drawing boundaries is, is a lot to do with you making a stand and deciding where you are going to put your foot down yeah. and what is going to be your space and what is going to be okay in your space. And sometimes you're going to be in a toxic environment where there is no safe space and there is no healthy people around you. Remove yourself. That is always an option. Mm-hmm. And, and that means, too, even if you're an actor who booked a role and you're on a toxic set, you can leave that set. But if you're going to stay, recognize that you are compromising your values for the pay or the opportunity or whatever else. Yeah. And be aware of that. Because when you step into a dangerous environment, you're doing it because probably you're willing to compromise something. Mm. And that's your risk. And you're deciding to do that, right? But be aware and don't fool yourself and don't pretend. Don't pretend that everything should be good just because you want it to. You know, there are a lot of toxic people out there who are in a bad place, who yeah. who will hurt and will whatever. And most o- often it's ignorantly so. Ignorantly so. You know, it's and not yes. out of a malicious place. It's just because, you know, we're all human and we're all ignorant to to a lot of things you know right and they say like hurt people hurt people mm. and usually the people that are hurting you don't draw very good boundaries in their life yeah and that's why they're crossing yours mm. so and it doesn't mean that you doesn't mean that you don't hold your boundaries right and in fact you could end up teaching a person who never learned boundaries which is why they have all of this hurt and you could teach them what that looks like right 
And you might actually become friends with someone, you know, like it's just because someone steps over your boundaries, you don't have to write them off and say like, oh, they're no good anymore. Yeah. You can just be like, well, look, this is my boundaries. And a lot of the time, actually, even with this guy, he was the sneezer, which is hilarious. The sneezer. Even with him, there was a mutual, a, a, a kind of, a kind of different relationship and a different respect at the mm-hmm. end, of the, at the end of the day, which is interesting, right? But you know, there was a, I will admit there was a part of me that perceived him as enemy, yeah. you know, enemy, bad. Toxic, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, kind of was like, you know, at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're just here. We're, we're, we're working together. We're trying to build something together. We're all trying to make some money and yeah. do something together. So you know what? Um, at the end of the day, you're still part of the team at this point. And, and I think that he kind of, you know, in a weird way, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on in his world. But I look at it and I go, you know, he went and came and shook my hand. He yeah. didn't have to do that. He could have just left and whatever, Mm -hmm. but he came up and he, he, you know, he, he came up after sneezing on my back twice out of some kind of disrespect or weird thing that's going on for him or whatever the hell that is. Yeah. He turns around and comes back at the end of the shift. And, you know, even if it was just to look good in front of everyone else, you know what? I think that there's some some level of recognition there. Yes. And you know, all the other people who are working, they noticed what happened too. And it made an impact and and it reverberated entirely through the entire team. Like, because people saw me stand up to him, th- there was effects, right? There's, there's, Im- there's an impact. When you draw a boundary, it has an impact and you think it's just doing something for you, but it's actually doing something for everyone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? In ways that we can't even fully yeah, comprehend. We don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I got to say today, Evan. Yeah. Uh, no, we've got to wrap this one up because yeah. like you said, we're in a time crunch, but this was, this was a great, like, you know, kind of just like barrage of, of kind of what we covered before. Some new stuff came up. I dig it, man. It was great. <laughs> Short and sweet. And, uh, you know, hopefully everyone yeah. likes it. And Tell us about this beer. And yeah, we were drinking a beer as we, uh, typically do on the show. This is from Phillips Brewing and Malting Company. And this is called Glitter Bomb. <laughs> it's a hazy pale ale. And uh, I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it, too. Yeah. I didn't even notice it was Glitter Bomb. Yeah. Hazy, yeah. hazy pale ale. Well, we just drink beer because they spur on the conversation. Yeah. It's not an ad. No. It's just something we do. Yeah. But uh, we like to mention the beer that we're drinking as we talk. So there it is, folks. There it is. Tune in next time. We'll be doing this. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.